I'm Helen. And I'm Ali. This is Cars of the Macabre. Profanities guaranteed. Viewer discretion is advised. I don't know a song called Helen. I can't do it back. ACDC Hell's Bells. Yes. There that you go. one. You read? Yeah, I'm all right, but You're all right, but No, I don't know what accent. Is that Fen? That's proper Fen. Okay. <laughs> what was I doing? Reet. Neatmare. That's like Sheffield. Is it? Yeah. Helen's version of Sheffield. Yeah, yeah, that, yeah that's actually it. Yeah, Reet. All right, but have you been? All right, Bur. How have you been? <laughs> I've been all right. So we've been with your mum today, haven't we? We Seen have. Christmas lights. Yes. Even though we're more into Halloween than we are Christmas. Yeah, but she loves a good Christmas deck, does old teeny. Um, it's, it's her birthday tomorrow and we don't get to spend the day with her because she's working, I'm working, Goober's working and hell is... Hell? Hell. Hell's That's is going cool. home. So um, we spent the day with her today took her for dinner, spent the day with her, and then we took her to see the lovely Christmas lights. It's all done in aid of, I believe, Great Ormond Street Hospital and each. So it's just this house um, in a town near us, and it's decked to the high heavens of yeah. Christmas lights and everything. It is absolutely beautiful, and it's lovely to see, even if you're not a very Christmassy person. We enjoyed it. Yeah, it's nice. Yeah. And then, yeah. And then we came here, and we were like, well, we need to get a bit spooky now. Yeah. You know? Bring on the spook. Spooky. Um, so I was thinking randomly the other day, um, did, when you were younger, did you ever think you were or try to be a witch? Yes. Right. Go on, tell me. Um, well, it was just I'd buy, like, the spell books and stuff and try and do them and nothing happened. <laughs> How old were you then? Oh, I was a teenager, so, you know, at that time it's like, oh, yeah, I'm a... I'm wicking. Yeah, okay, and, okay. I don't know, yeah. And then you try and delve into a little bit of the darker side of things because, you know, that's the way I was. And, yeah. and still are. Well, still, still are. are, still am. Still am, are, is, you know. was. Well, I, was <laughs> I was thinking about it because, the, so the original film, The Craft, oh. which is out in the 90s, which is actually, to be fair, the rerun's good. No. It's not as good as the first one. I disagree completely okay um so the, when the first one was at cinema i remember going to watch it with my friends there was i want to say there was four of us there was four of us we went to cinema in brighton and we were about 12 13 and um was it a 12 no it's 15 how did you get in i don't know we were yeah we were we definitely weren't we weren't definitely weren't 15 oh, um, yeah uh, so we went to see that, and then after that we were like, right, so, you know, 
we're going to be witches now, obviously. Obviously. And we were waiting to be picked up by one of our parents. And so we were in the car park. So Brighton Cinema, the one that we went to, it's on the marina. Mm. And so it's a big car park. And there was a trolley there. And so we all held hands and we started chanting. And we were like... Lies of feathers, stiff as a board. Lies yeah, of feathers, but, but stiff as a board. <laughs> we wanted the trolley... Sorry, it happened to the trolley. Oh, We okay. were like, if we're witches, something's going to happen to that trolley. So I can't remember what we were sort of saying I've, I've I've tried to write notes and remember but it was we were just basically chanting for the shopping trolley to fall over and then a car came reversed into it and knocked it over oh so then we were like oh my god well we're... then we're clearly witches yeah so we went and bought candles and we were each an element so like I was fire because I am a fire element and then my other friends were Earth, air, fire, water. I was fire. Yeah. And oh. then we used to like get together, burn the candles. I think we had some little gems. Don't remember when it fizzled out, but it was exciting for a time. Yeah. You know? Yeah. No, I think I kind of just did it by myself, but not very well. Okay. Not very well. I do remember going to see Van Helsing in the cinema and I came out wanting to be a vampire bride. The one okay. with Kate Beckinsale and um, Hugh Jackman. Van Helsing's great. Oh, I love that film. I love Kate Beckinsale. Yeah, she... Oh, God, yeah. yeah. She's awesome. She is awesome. Oh, and, and Hugh Jackman. I'm yeah. a fan. I'm a fan. Mm. Even Goober's a fan of Hugh Jackman. Uh, yeah, Goober's... He in... can appreciate a good-looking man. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. <laughs> I always think of Wolverine when I think of him. Yeah, me too. <laughs> no, Goober, Goober doesn't. He's shaking no. his head now. Oh, I know why. So, Mark's favourite film is The Greatest Showman. Right. And it's Hugh Jackman. Yeah. And he loves it and he sings along all okay. the time. Yeah, he's obsessed. Okay, so you're definitely not thinking about Wolverine. No, he's thinking of um, P.T. Barnum. Okay. But the Hugh Jackman one, because actually P.T. Barnum was an arsehole right. in real life. Okay. Yeah. Well, that's a story for another time, I think, isn't it? I think so. So today... <laughs> Now we've talked about being witches and then randomly got onto Hugh Jackman. I don't know how our conversations go the way they go, but they do. Well, it it's, just happens. It just... Let it go with the flow. Exactly. So today I'm going to talk about Murad Jacob Jack Kevorkian, who was an Armenian-American pathologist and right-to-die advocate. And he's known for publicly championing a terminal patient's right to die by physician-assisted suicide. And Jack is quoted as saying... Dying is not a crime, and said that he assisted in at least 130 patients in their deaths in the 1990s. Where do you stand on that? Well, I was just going to say, do you know much about this story? Um, I know, you know, I know bits. Yeah. I do know bits. Um, sort of, you, you, when you haven't looked into it too much, you just think he's a bit of a monster and perhaps he was yeah. doing it for his own gratification somehow. Yeah. Um, but the more you know, the less... Like, well, you, you realise he's he's not a monster. Yeah. This I think this story is, it's not cut and dry, mm -mm. true crime, as in technically it is, but morally is it? It's like, it yeah. is a big question mark and I think it, it divides a lot of people. Absolutely. I'm, I'm pro... I am euthanasia. I am as well, and uh, and I became more pro for for his tale. I was as I was finding out more mm. stories and things like that. But it's just it's such an interesting one because you know it's all to I'll talk about his his death bus. It's very very connected to Cars of the Macabre. Yeah, but you know t technically it was murder, but then morally, well, you know, it's just like it's one of those stories. It's just like. Ugh. 
you know? Yeah, and everyone's going to have a different opinion. Oh, I for think, sure. As well. The things that I've seen in life, I would not want to get to the point of a terminal illness mm. where I would feel like a burden on people. But it's not even that. It's losing the independence. Mm-hmm. It's the quality of life that you'll live, uh, well, that you'll have at that point. Or lack thereof. That's what I mean. Yeah. Like, when you lose all all sense of who you are, what you're doing, your loved ones, and even not losing the sense of who they are, but just losing you. It isn't, it isn't a quality of life. I don't want to be bed-bound, stuck in a chair where I can't do anything mm. for myself. I can't even get up to make a cup of coffee. Yeah. Anything like that. If I found out that I had a terminal illness, I'd be going to Switzerland. Yeah. Take me to Dignitas. Yeah. You know, I've known some people who would not have wanted to be in the position they were in. Mm. In pain. Yeah. Unable to eat. Yeah. You know, life is life becomes. Yeah, that's why <clears throat> that's why it's so difficult to talk about this on our podcast because it doesn't fit, but it does. Mm. So it it's a bit of a yeah, it's a bit of a strange, controversial one. maybe. It, it's very controversial and it's very different to anything we've talked about before, yeah. um, because it, it just is. So I'll tell you a bit more. I'm going to kind of do it in a weird order. So I saw Dr. Kevorkian's Volkswagen van or death bus at Zach Bagan's Haunted Museum last year. Oh. Oh, Helen. Helen. <laughs> Helen. Have you been to Zach Bagan's Haunted Museum? I have done. Oh, um, I didn't know. I, have I not told you every episode that I've been to <laughs> Zach Bagan's Haunted Museum? I'm, and I'm even wearing his T-shirt again today. Oh, you I've are. I've got my Zach Bagan's Haunted Museum T-shirt on. So when I was there last year, but, so we did a whole episode on the fact that I went there and it was amazing and there was three <laughs> macabre cars there. Stop laughing at me, Goober. I just, you know, you might have forgotten that I went there. Yeah? Yeah. And definitely, so that's episode three, so definitely go listen to that because there's some really cool tales from there um some really freaky stuff happened to me and um he has the death bus so he has dr kevorkian's death bus death death van um so i'd like to actually talk initially about how the death bus got to the museum oh yeah because i don't know that yeah so because a lot of the times we don't know how things got placed and we're like where did you get that car where do you find a murderer's car you know mm. it's a bit of a mystery but there's a little bit more information on this okay so i thought i'd start with that first so mayor morganroth kevorkian's friend and lawyer at the time said kevorkian turned the van in to be used for scrap in 1997 uh, did it not get taken just for evidence i think this possibly would have been after that so he got it back i guess Huh. Um, and that he was upset it had been put up for auction. So Didn't you just say he put it up for auction? No. So oh. he turned it in for scrap. Oh, right. So yes, he, sorry. he basically said, you know, I'll t- take it to the scrap heap, get rid of it, destroy it. You yeah. know, he, he wanted it to be destroyed. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, he was upset that it had actually been put up for auction. And Jack never sold it. He never got a dime for it, um, Morgan Roth said. And Jack believed it had been destroyed. Right, okay. So he wasn't aware that it had kind of gone on to live again. Yeah. Jack Finn, a retired used auto parts dealer, put Kevorkian's 1968 Volkswagen van up for auction on eBay. Oh, my God. In April of 2010. 
eBay. I know, right? (laughs) And Finn claimed that he'd bought the van in 1997 when he was in the used auto parts business um, and he just had it in his warehouse and he was clearing out his warehouse. He was just... Put it on eBay. Right. You know, like like you do. uh, He got it from where? The scrap place? Yeah. So whoever was supposed to destroy it Mm, hasn't destroyed it it. and gone, ER, mate, do you want this, this, this bus? And yeah, so after he retired, he's basically cleared his warehouse and wanted to get rid of it so you know he he put it up on ebay um as you do you know but the auction site pulled the listing saying that the sale of the van would violate the company's policy against the sale of murderbelia oh so ebay states it does not allow the sale of items closely associated with the notorious murderers within the last hundred years so clearly anything before that's acceptable yep and any lesser-known murderbelia might be fine. But this particular one, they were like, no, you can't sell that on there. Oh. And before they withdrew it, mm. um, the highest bid was uh, $3,400. Oh, my God. Yeah. That ain't a lot. Not really. Um, and, but Finn said that despite eBay pulling the listing, Cruise Auctions had agreed to sell the van for him in its May auction in 2010. So that was his kind of like backup when he realised eBay weren't having any of it. So, did you just see that? The lights just flickered. Does that mean there's a ghost? Might mean there's Richard here. <laughs> yeah. Could be. Could be. Rich. So jump forward to 2014. This Volkswagen van bus turned up um, at a pawn shop in Southfield, Detroit, where Les Gold of American Jewelry and Loan bought it for twenty thousand dollars. And CBS Detroit reported that a new owner, who was the local businessman, paid 25000 for the bus. However, when Zach Bagans discovered that Les Gold was selling Dr. Kevorkian's uh, 1968 VW van, he snatched it up for $32,500. So he, he just, you know, came in and went, oh, I'll give you this much. Yeah. And then I must have it exactly. Yeah. And Zach has also got the vehicle's original registration, and he's actually got a copy of Jack's Jack Vorkin's driver's license as well. Oh wow! Okay, yeah. And it now resides at Vegas at Zach Vegan's Haunted Museum. I don't know if you know. I've, I've been there. Did you know that I've been there? Do you know what? I, I, you haven't said anything. Had you so, forgotten? You know, possibly. Yeah. If you go listen to episode three. I cannot recall. No. <laughs> so that's how. It got there. Okay. Which I think is quite interesting because obviously... It's been around the house, isn't it? (laughs) Yeah, never got any money for it. He thought it was destroyed. It ends up, you know, being in a museum. Um, So there we go. So I'm actually going to backtrack now and talk about what actually happened in this Volkswagen van that makes it a death bus and why it is literally one of the ultimate macabre cars. So... As I previously mentioned, Dr. Jack Kevorkian was a euthanasia proponent in the 90s. And people who suffered from incurable pain and untreatable conditions wrote to Kevorkian pleading for his help. Mm. Um, and they saw him as their only hope. Yeah. Because they didn't want to go on, they didn't want to suffer anymore. And for them, he was mm-hmm. he could help them out of that situation. So, for example, uh, here's a letter from 1990, which was typical of the correspondence received by Jack. Dear Dr. Kevorkian, help. 
I'm a 41-year-old victim, victim of MS. I can no longer take care of myself. Being of sound mind, I wish to end my life peacefully. I know it will only get worse. Please help me, Sherry Miller. I mean, there's no reading between the lines. That's pretty obvious what she wants help with. That can't oh, be yeah. misconstrued in any other way. No. And then another letter reads... Dr. Kevorkian, my son is dying of Lou Gehrig's disease. He would like your help to leave this world and free his soul to everlasting life. Um, and that was written by Carol Loving. Do you know what? It breaks my heart because you should have that choice. Like, oh, yeah. Obviously, a long, long time ago, it was, you know, killing yourself was considered a crime. It was self-murder. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. But that obviously changed. And you wouldn't let an animal suffer. No, exactly. And if a person can make that choice themselves, obviously, you know, you, they do extensive testing to make sure you are compass menders, but why can't you have that choice? I don't know. Personally, I don't know. I mean, obviously, other people are going to disagree with us, mm. but I, I, I agree with you. I think we should have that choice if we want that choice. Yeah. Please feel free to argue with us because, yeah, you know, it, it's, well, not argue, but discuss because I think that's yeah. a discussion that should, it's a healthy discussion. Definitely. Definitely, Absolutely. Yeah. And so after Dr. Kevorkian assisted in her son's suicide, she wrote again saying, it is impossible for me to express the blessing of your assistance and the gratitude I feel as a mother. No regret there. No. You know. Um, and these letters are part of a collection that were donated to the Bentley Historical Library in 2014. Where's that um, library? Goober's going to Google it. Thank Bentley you. Historical Library. By the sole heir to his estate, which is his niece, Ava Janus. The collection was opened to the public for research, including files of 30 physician-assisted suicides. And by his own estimation, Kevorkian assisted in the med mes medicides, as he called them. Mm. Medicides? Sorry. I um, obviously can't read and or write. Of more than 130 terminally ill patients between 1990 and 1998. Okay. It's in Michigan, by the way. Michigan, okay. There we go. Hmm. So, I mean, it's interesting that they're there. Yeah. People can see them. Um, the public called him Dr. Death. But You those... can see where that nickname, why. Yeah, yeah, you can. And actually, in a minute, you'll find out where that name actually came from because oh. it was an earlier name. Okay. Um, but those he consulted, including their families, which you can see by the letters, called him their rescuer, a hero and a friend. I feel quite emotional about this. Do you know what? When I was researching this, I was just like, I, I, I want to cover it because we've talked so much about the death mm. bus and it makes sense to cover it, but it honestly feels like the wrong podcast for it. Yeah. Just just from our beliefs anyway. You know? Yeah, no, absolutely. So um, just to let everyone know, I'm very much part of the positive death movement and that's talking about death and things like yeah. that. From my previous experience with work and also personal experience and everything, I'm I'm pro talking about sort of death and everything is a very healthy discussion to have um, and we need to talk about it more it's not taboo like people that it used to be yeah and we have advanced so much that this sort of thing should be available already I I can't believe it isn't honestly if I get old Gilbert and I am struggling I'm in pain I can't do anything for myself all of that lot no mm. not that um <laughs> If I can't go to Switzerland, just leave me unattended with some morphine. He's going to shoot her in the head instead. 
Okay. No, absolutely not. Anything we say, if you, if you do find it offensive, please know that it's not. This is something that is quite um, important to me and dear to, to my heart, this, you know, this whole subject. So if I make light of anything, it is not to be intended as an insult or to offend anyone. All the other episodes are... <laughs> meant to be offensive <laughs> to be fair we do a we do a blanket thing to say if you're offended you know yeah but not 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 yeah not for yeah, this not, one not not this, this one a... i think do you know what i think people are more open now about this kind of thing yeah because as well as you being in pain stuff your loved ones don't want to see you in pain no, or exactly. suffering or you know a prisoner inside your head where yeah. you've essentially already died yeah. you're just existing you're a shell mm. So let's look at Jack Kevorkian and learn a little bit about him. So he studied engineering before earning a medical medical degree in clinical pathology in 1952 at the University of Michigan. Okay, so that makes sense that that's yeah. where that museum is then. So after he served in the Korean War, Jack returned to the university for his medical residency and it was during this time he gave, became fascinated by death and the act of dying, Mm -hmm. making regular visits to terminally ill patients and photographing their eyes because he wanted to pinpoint the exact moment of death Mm -hmm. and believed that this would help physicians understand when resuscitation was futile, null and void. Yeah. Which is really interesting. I've, I've never really heard of anyone kind of looking into that. And Jack proposed that... Death row prisoners should be used as medical experiments while they were still alive, which earned him the nickname Dr. Death. Ah, okay, right. It also earned him an invitation to leave the university residency programme. Oh. They they didn't like that very much. So that was the end of that chapter. Yeah. Um, Short chapter. Yeah, yeah. It's and And because he faced so much opposition through disputes, articles uh, from other physicians. Jack actually retired from the medical profession in the 1980s and decided to paint and compose music. Oh. So that was a change in direction. So he just went, you know what, this this is, I'm not getting anywhere with this, everyone's opposing me. Do you know what, I think it all comes down to ethics because obviously in the medical profession it's all, you know, the Hippocratic Oath. Mm. You, you won't do harm unto others and everything like yeah. that. And I mean, I'm no doctor, clearly. <laughs> but, yeah, it, it does. It comes down to ethics. Yeah. This is a massive discussion. Oh, that, it's That's huge. why it's, it's so interesting. But his interest in euthanasia was, for want of a better word, revived after a visit to the Netherlands. Here, Kevorkian learnt from techniques techniques used by Dutch physicians to assist in the suicides of terminally ill patients, which in turn led to the creation of Dr. Kevorkian's first death machine, Thanatron. God, that sounds ominous, doesn't it? It does a bit, doesn't it? The cloud of doom. It does. So Thanatron... (laughs) I'm sorry, it sounds like a fucking transformer it really does or or something from the avengers it does it sounds like a transformer so this was invented by jack who used this device and called it a thanatron or death machine after the greek demon thanatos it works by pushing a button he named after a demon that's not going to be very inviting for people is it well i mean he could have chosen better but yeah please proceed (laughs) okay so it worked by pushing a button to deliver 
the euthanizing drugs mechanically through an IV. It had three canisters mounted on a metal frame and each bottle had a syringe that connected to a single IV line in the person's arm. Mm -hmm. So one contained saline, one contained a sleep-inducing barbiturate called sodium theopental, and the last, a lethal mixture of potassium chloride, Mm. which immediately stopped the heart. Yeah, because I think they paralyse sleep and then... Stop the heart. Mm. Is that what? Would this, that same with the, like the lethal injection or something? Is that how it works? Yeah. Or it's sleep paralysis and, and then oh, don't, I can't remember. Yeah. So and then um, pancuronium bromide, which is a paralytic medication to prevent spasms yeah. during the dying process. Uh, so, yeah, because that's quite horrific. To watch. Yeah, I, I mean that would be awful. Oh, the whole thing's awful. But so two deaths were assisted with thanatron. Oh, only two. Only two. Okay. And. Jack said, there's nothing new to say about it. It's a legitimate ethical medical practice, as it was in ancient Rome and Greece, hence the name's origin. Mm. So, you know, it, it's in the past, it's been accepted. Yeah. But okay. it's kind of almost gone backwards. So Kavorkin assisted others with a different device known as Mercitron. Mercy machine. Mercy, yeah, Yeah. okay. That makes a bit more sense. Mercy machine. And that used a gas mask fed by a canister of carbon monoxide because Kowalkin's medical licence had been revoked after the first two deaths. So he could no longer have legal access to the substances required to use Thanatron. Right. Um, Hence Mercitron taking over. It was a basic device made from a canister of carbon monoxide attached to a face mask with a tube, a valve had to be released to start the gas flow and depending on the person's mobility, a handle could be attached to this valve to make it easier to turn. If the patient's disability restricted their movements with the valve in the open position, a clip or peg would be clamped on the tube and then pulling it off would allow the gas to flow and the medicine to take place so self-administered exactly ah okay so then it's so he would set it up for them but they would ultimately either turn it on pull the peg as this method took 10 minutes or longer oh no yeah Kavalkin sometimes encouraged people to take sedatives or muscle relaxants to keep them calm yeah as they breathed in the gas well yeah because you're going to start exactly (laughs) realising that you can't you're not able to breathe Mm -hmm. yeah so again that's on that's on them you know Mm. so the first assisted suicide was that of janet adkins in 1990 she was a 54 year old woman with alzheimer's after seeing his advert in a detroit newspaper for an arbitorium which means where terminally ill people could receive death counseling okay i didn't know what that that's kind of a cool spooky word Arbitorium. Yeah. She contacted him herself. And Janet was the first patient to die inside Jack's Volkswagen. Okay. Okay. And so when this took place, the van was parked in a campground near his home in Michigan. Then he notified the police that it had happened so they could come and get the body. Um, And he was briefly detained. But Janet 
Adkins' family publicly thanked Dr. Kevorkian for helping to end her suffering. Yeah. See, this is where people are going to start being like, oh, it was like all sort of done in a car park, essentially. It's, yeah. You know, it's he had his medical licence revoked and that's where the problem lies. Yeah. It is such a difficult one. Mm. It is such a difficult one. I mean, one. ultimately, I agree with... Oh, Yeah. You know what he did to help people. I I believe he helped people, and because of the the restrictions, that is almost what makes it so macabre. And the fact he had to do it in the back of a Volkswagen bus and in you, a you campsite, know, on, yeah. yeah. Because when stuff is made illegal, tabooed, whatever, mm. pushes it underground, doesn't Even it? Even though if it's for the good of the person, yeah. You know, it's it's that blurred line of ethics. Where the law's concerned mm-hmm. and ethics, where morals are concerned, and uh, yeah, it's, I, it's, it's a no-brainer for me. But yeah, yeah, but it's but you know then you get like bodies left in the van for the police to go, and that that then makes it. But it's not. See where I think where it would start being weird mm-hmm. is if he was to then dispose of the bodies himself and whatnot. Then you would think, oh, is this a bit of so he never did that. Yeah, exactly. He, he never called did the police that. so that everything could be done mm-hmm. properly. Yes, he didn't own a medical license, but he did. And the thing is, <laughs> he you knew know, what he was doing. I know people are going to disagree with us, but these people were asking him to yeah. help them. He wasn't just randomly picking people off the street and going, "You'll do." That's the thing. I mean, you you you'd ask a loved one probably saying, "Please, please help me." Yeah, and they. It, but you don't want to put them in that position. Yeah. So if there's someone who's willing to do it, who actually does have medical knowledge, mm-hmm. and you'd have to establish that they cared about the people and they weren't doing it for some other really morbid, horrendous reason. Yeah. Well, you know, they were they were following up his help with letters saying thank you. Yeah. Precisely, and that's coming from the family. So yeah. you know how much they wanted this. Yeah, exactly. Um, it's funny you should mention about the death counselling because there is such a thing as a death doula. Now, obviously, you get mm-hmm. like birthing doulas or whatever they're called, but a death doula is someone who counsels someone through the dying process. I actually considered doing it for a time, hmm. but I didn't. Yeah, yeah. Do you think it'd be too hard, or do you um, think? No, I mean, I'm, I'm, I'm an empath. Mm. I do take on other people's emotions and stuff, but I could, I could. There was always that line that you never cross. Yeah. If you're going to get emotional and upset, you do it away from the families when they've left, and then you know you're not in their vicinity anymore. It, it's not your grief. Yeah. It, yeah. I just, I don't, I don't know why I didn't do it. That's a tough job. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it was tough doing the jobs that I did. I was but... just about to say that was a tough job, but then it was tough what you were doing. Anyway, but I so think, yeah, but I think the the death doula is you've got well in any part of working in death you have to be careful what you say mm. because it is so sensitive. Yeah, I just I think death yeah death doula perhaps is too personal. Okay, what maybe does a, too involved? What does a birth doula do then? It's not called a birth doula. It's some. It's like a midwife essentially, and well, I just. The birthing process. Yeah, I am not maternal. No, me neither. I, I just... I mean, and if anyone's a doula for babies... Yeah, let us know what you do. mothers, let us know what you do. Yeah, let us know. It's, it's I interesting. I don't want to be ignorant. Can I just be a doggy doula? Yeah. And just that is my job, to just be with the dogs. And coach them being a dog. 
Yeah, just yeah. be like, you got this. Counsel them with their dog. Well, to be honest with you, that would be a behaviourist, surely. Yeah, probably. <laughs> <laughs> or it comes from back It's not just about dogs. cuddling the dogs. <laughs> well, <laughs> if I could just create something where that is a job. Well, doggy daycare. Yeah. Yeah. I'll just get more dogs and I'll just cuddle them. So... <laughs> So going back to what we were talking about, so again, you know, we, we've sort of talked briefly about what Kevorkian did with the bodies, but for example, in January 1996, CNN reported that a body of a woman was left in a Volkswagen van, which is the van, registered to Dr. Jack Kevorkian outside the Oakland County Medical Examiner's Office. So this happened with the majority of his patients. Um, they would die in the van... And then Kevorkian or his attorney would call it in immediately yeah. so that the bodies would be dealt with properly mm-hmm. and respectfully. So, you know, that it was within a matter of a couple of minutes that they were then yeah. taken to where they needed to be taken to. But in 1998, Kevorkian's luck ran out when he taped himself injecting Thomas Uke, who had Lou Gehrig's disease, with lethal chemicals. Why would he tape himself? Well... He was trying to make make a point. He was really campaigning yeah. for the fact that this assisted suicide should be an option for people. So, and they've just seen it as proof that you've killed someone. Because technically, it is yeah. morally, it's different. It's just it's it honestly is such a bananas argument because it's very conflicting. And the tape was actually broadcast on uh, CBS's sixty Minutes oh and God. led to his conviction. Um, Speaking on the programme, he said the issue's got to be raised to the level where it's finally decided. So he's basically given it a push and gone, come on, guys, we need to really talk about this and look at it. Absolutely, and he's done it no matter how much danger it puts him in as well. Yeah, he felt that passionate about it, yeah. Exactly. And, you know, the the particular person that he he recorded, um, Thomas Uke, he that he'd received a letter from mm. his family, from Carol. And so, you know, that, it was all They knew he was given. filming? Yeah. Okay. So, so he, he had permission? Yeah. From the patient as well? Yeah. Okay. So, and, you know, it was a case of, come on, well, you've got to, no one's paying attention to this. Yeah. You've got to look at this as a, as a serious Absolutely. argument. No, yeah, I agree. Yeah. So... He was charged four times with murder, but three juries acquitted him and then a third case collapsed in a mistrial. As the straight time... Oh, my God. I do apologise. People should just expect this now. I mean, you know, if you, if you, if you actually expect a flawless performance... Yeah. Hmm... Anyway, it's not going to happen. So as the state tried to stop him, Dr. Vulcan burned state orders against him, showed up at court in a costume. What sort of costume? Uh, I, it didn't say. He okay. he called doctors who didn't support him hypocritical oafs and he challenged authorities to either stop him or make his actions legal. So he was really trying to push... Oh, yeah, he's got a wig on there. So the costume was a wig, a coat. Oh, oh yeah, he's in oh, stocks, stocks as well. Okay. So, you know, it's it, it, 
he's kind of using the whole thing as a catalyst to talk about it. Yeah, absolutely. It's... And he, well, he drew attention to the to the situation and the issue at hand. So yeah, hats off, Jack. I'm wondering if there's something about this we don't know, um, which is why people are so against Dr. Kevorkian. Like, if there's like a something that just isn't made aware, the public aren't aware of, or something. Well, so when when I went to Zach Bagan's Hoyt Museum, <laughs> I know goobs, I know. Did you forget I'd gone there again? I did, did I? I'm not telling you I've gone to Vegas. <laughs> so. I explained this in episode three, so I'm not going to go over it massively, but there's the death bus is in its own room. Mm. He's got the equipment in the van mm-hmm. set up with some mannequins, so the whole scene is set up. Yeah. And then before you go into that room, there is almost like a, a kind of like, looks like a GP's office, mm-hmm. and it's using Jack's furniture, and it's all set up like his office would have been, so it's a recreation yeah. using his belongings. And when you do the tour and you get the videos and things like that, it's said that perhaps, I don't know if there's any evidence of this, but perhaps some of those 130 assisted suicides, the people may have changed their minds at right. the end. But again... I Well, after drugs have been administered. Possibly. But then... But, but it, you know, is that a legitimate question or is that someone saying oh well what if they change their mind so it's you know yeah it's not as far as I'm aware it's not a fact did he get the patients to sign anything I'd like to think so because I then would, it's like yeah, yeah I know they wanted this because even though it may not it wouldn't have saved him you know it's still he did what he did I'm, he must have done because if he was going through the process of like with the machines that he made, mm. making it so, he, you know, he set them up, but he didn't administer, yeah, you know, the chemicals or the gas. Well, it's or... um, oh, what's 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 the word? Oh God, when you agree to something, oh my God. Um, yes. No. <laughs> <laughs> um, you know, it, okay, for want of a because I can't think right now, clearly. That's fine. Um, if they've agreed to it... Yeah. Are they, he, like a contract. Yeah. Is that the word you were trying to think of? Possibly. <laughs> I don't know. And um, then, know. you know, I think if he was trying to do everything above board, as much as that he, as he could do, he would have had like a the waiver disclaimer yeah. type contract yeah. saying, yes, I agree to this. He, he must have. I am of something. sound mind. He, he Surely. Yeah, he must have. So he once said, somebody has to do something for suffering humanity. I put myself in my patient's place. This is something I would want. Mm. And I, obviously, we've made it clear. We both agree with that. Goobs, do you agree with this? Yeah, yeah. He, he does too. I know some people won't. That's fine. So Dr. Kowalkin was released from prison in 2007 after serving eight years for a second degree murder conviction. Okay. His parole came under the condition that he would not offer suicide <laughs> advice to any other person. Yeah. So it, it's it's sad in a way because you know, he's gone he's gone through all of this to try and help people and do something he believes in. Yeah, and you know the obviously the laws didn't change in America anyway. And I think so. In two thousand and eleven, he died peacefully 
and pain-free from an ongoing kidney disease and was 83 years old. So I think this next bit of information is very important and really cements the fact that I totally agree with this. Okay. Okay. So I'm ready. Despite offers from the families, Dr. Kevorkian didn't take any payments for his assistance. He wouldn't even accept their offers to help with his legal bills whilst he was on trial. So he did not benefit from this in a financial way. And I think that's a really crucial part of the argument. Oh, yeah. He wasn't making money from it. Yeah. Which, you know, that maybe would have changed things if he was. Yeah. he clearly was not interested in that. Well, you see it as, again, he'd be doing it for personal gain, some sort of gratification for himself. But, yeah, no, absolutely. He was just for the patients. Yeah. For the patients and for the the people that are suffering in the world. And I read that in a couple of different sources. Okay. So and I think and I've not so I've heard bits and pieces about this before. Mm. I've never heard that bit of information. That that always gets left out. Yeah. Because it I think, You can see why because people yeah. again it, it becomes like a way to bias. Yeah, completely. You know, try and get people on board with your opinion. Yeah. So if, if you're Oh, I forgot to mention that bit. Whereas you've actually intentionally left that part out. Yeah. Thinking that he's like, I don't know, earning thousands and thousands from each death. And like you say, he's not. He didn't even accept any help for the legal side of things. Yeah. Like all he all he needed was knowing that he'd helped people. Yeah. So, I mean, like I said, I know some people are going to disagree with us, but I think the more I found out about this and the more I've told you about yeah. it, I think we're just more and more on the side of... It, it, yeah, you know, this I mean, was um, I always agreed with yeah euthanasia, assisted suicide. You know, if, but in his story, his story, yeah, yeah. Um, it just reiterates. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I agree completely. Um, um, you know, it 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 makes me think of it again, and you try and think of ways of oh, am I being uh, naive or something like yeah, that? Yeah, yeah. No, no, exactly. No. And I mean, you know, when I was going through all the research, and I looked at so many different sources, they, they, they feature other letters from other patients. So, you know, I just I just chose a few, but there were 130 patients. Yeah. And, you know, the, it, it was, he, as far as I believe, he didn't take advantage of any of them. No. He didn't earn any money from it. He ended up going to prison. He, he didn't benefit from this at all. No. He's he, just trying to change things for humanity. And... I applaud him for that. Yeah, and it's just, you know, it's weird how... So it it, ha- it happened in this Volkswagen bus because it had enough room in it. So it's, it was a practical He didn't have vehicle. another option. He could then transport the deceased to the medical examiner's office. Exactly. And, you know, it just happened that that's a kind of, you know, spacious enough vehicle to do it in. Yeah. And he thought it was going to be scrapped. He wanted it destroyed. People are looking on the surface level. Yeah, yeah. How it appears. Yeah, exactly. Not the heart of the story, the root of the story. Yeah. Ah. So it's funny. So from the outside, not funny. When I say that, I don't mean funny. It's bizarre. Like from the outside looking very, very far away, mm. it, he's a serial killer. Yeah. But. Under a guise. Yeah. But actually, no, he's not at all. Yeah. And, uh, you know, I'm really glad I saw the van and did all this research because it, it, I just found out so much more about the story. Because you do end up, 
you know, it does it well, does end up being like being kind of skewed to be a bit more of a spooky story. So, you know, yeah. it, it, that's just more interesting, isn't it, for people to tell that tale? Exactly. It, oh, it, it yeah, it's twisted. Yeah. And if you look at the environment that the that the bus is in, yes, you know, it's in and amongst serial killer and murderbelia and all of that lot. Yeah. Because yes, it is murderbelia, but not in the way that John Wayne Gacy stuff is. Yeah. Not in the same way that Ted Bundy no. committed his crimes is, yeah. Oh, we could t- actually talk about this for hours. I, I know, I know. That's And I, you know, I had I had so many notes. I've actually condensed them quite a lot. And in, if you if you look online, there's there's loads mm. of information about him. But I would say, if you want to look at any, any more, this is, you know, for the listener, make sure you read everything. Because the part about him not gaining any financial benefit. That'd be like small print, won't it? it basically. Yeah. I had to look for that. That's mm. that's not in all the reports. So no. and for me that's a vital piece of information. Yeah, oh no, it absolutely is because possibly people are thinking, yeah, but he got paid for it. Yeah. Like throughout this until obviously you then mentioned it. Yeah. Huh. So following Dr. Gavorkin's situation, story, um, according to Gallup polls, the percentage of people in America who support euthanasia has risen from 36% in 1950. That, do you know what? That's quite high. Yeah. I wouldn't have expected it to, to be that high. To 65% in 1991. Oh. To a high of 75% in 1996. And then it went back down to 69% in 2014. Do you know what? I reckon religion's going to come into this. You know, the sanctity of, course, of life. Yeah, of course. Um, and the 2014 Medscape Ethics Report a survey of 17,000 US doctors found that 54% of doctors surveyed think that physician-assisted suicide should be permitted. That's lower than I expected. Yeah, Hmm. but it's still, it's all, you know, apart from the initial kind of figure, it's all over 50%. Well, yeah. So it's over half, so. Therefore, it should be considered, like, seriously. So that... And also, Switzerland. Yes, Dignitas. Yeah. You know, look, look at, do some research with them. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. exactly. Well, I mean, it, it's something that I think, yeah, should there should be more campaigning and advocacy for it. Yeah. That's it. Oh, well, I think that's obvious. <laughs> yeah. But it, it's just, the story, it, you know, it's funny that it's got, again, funny, I don't mean funny. I don't mean that offensively, but it's gone from one thing to 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 a complete other mm. shift. You know, it's because, like I say, it's all, I'm almost torn because I don't feel like we should have actually been talking about it on Cars and Macabre, but his death bus is a macabre car. Yeah, and I'd already seen it, and I saw you know, and also it's good to get the information out. Oh yeah, for people to go. Yes, make up your own mind, but get all the facts first. Absolutely, read up on it, and then. Honestly, please let us know what you think. Yeah, definitely. Do you stand with us or do you stand with the side that disagrees? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. We we always post on social media. So we've got Instagram, at Cars and Macabre. We always put pictures yeah. on there, um, episode alerts and things. So if you want to comment, please comment do. on there. Yeah. yeah, and let us know your reasons why as well, because it is a healthy discussion to have. Definitely. Don't just yeah. say yes, no. Yeah. Let us know why. Yeah, absolutely. Mm. So... So that was a very interesting one. Yes. 
<laughs> Sorry. That is, yes. Yes. <laughs> um, <laughs> no, uh, I, I agree. Yeah. It, interesting, fascinating. It's conflicting. It's It, it makes you realise there is so much that is hidden. Yeah. From Jai Public. Oh, yeah. Well, you know, I mean, again, this is a, this is a bigger discussion, but the newspapers, the news, they don't give all the information. They no. edit things out. And they feed you just enough yeah. info. So, um, and they will always be to sway. They say it's not, no, it was but, just, yeah. you know, that's the media. Yeah, and, it, you know, it's been going on for years and years. Mm, and it will continue. Absolutely. So, Dr. Jack Kaborkian. Well, thank you very much. I I think our listeners will agree that was in, an interesting episode. Yeah, and I think... And thought-provoking. Definitely, because it's so different from anything else we've talked yeah. about. Yeah, I'm sorry there's not so much comedy in this one. <laughs> no, there really isn't. I mean, we'll lighten it up at the end because... Um, I'm going to start introducing random facts about us. Just so that you guys get to know us a little bit more. The Exactly. The weirdos behind the, the mics. And then it's just a slight palate cleanser at the end, just yeah. in case it's a really... Like a lemon sorbet. Torturous episode. <laughs> lemon sorbet for the mind. Yeah. You know? <laughs> so, I thought we could do some random facts. So it could be anything. Spooky facts, random facts. Life facts. Life facts, whatever. Um... Every every episode, and then people can get to know us a bit more. And if they don't, they you know, they don't forward it actually, because we're going to give information about things at the end and stuff. So yeah, you just, might miss something important. You will miss something important. Yeah, gorilla PR. Gorilla PR. Yeah. <laughs> Turns out I'm really good at that. So if you need anyone in PR, hire me. <laughs> yeah. So I had I had an art show yesterday, which Ali sorted out for me. At the yard in Ely. Yay. With Andy. Shout out to our girl Andy. Yeah, we She's love my gym her. buddy as well. And, oh. Oh. Do, do I go to the gym? Do I mention I go to the gym? You've not mentioned you go to gym. No. <laughs> oh. So Helen's been to Zach Bagan's Wanted Ma- uh, Museum in <laughs> Las Vegas and I go to the gym. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. 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 Gym, Zach Bagan's. Um, and... Ali was my PR person, and in her tactics are basically bullying. <laughs> yeah, aggressive gorilla PR. But in a nice way that people actually it worked, babe. Well, in a nice way, can you aggress? Can you be nice aggressively? You can, yeah, yeah, yeah. I was like, well, no, I love it. I, I, I don't know what I do, but I think it's the new form of PR. Yeah. Of fresh eyes, yeah, on and that shit. we were telling people about cars in the car. Exactly, we're growing, hopefully. So, and I feel like it's necessary for that to be aggressive. Yeah, listen, listen, here. download it. Exactly, <laughs> do it now. So, on to the random facts. Do you want to go first? No, you go first. It's, this is your thing. You okay. Do. So, my random fact is that Noel Gallagher has a piece of my artwork. In his recording studio. Now, if that doesn't make you want to buy Helen's artwork, then I don't know what will. Apart from my Gorilla PR. <laughs> Apart from that, because that's just amazing. So that's my random fact and probably one of my favourite things that's ever happened in my life. Obviously. Obviously. Because, you know, future husband and all that. I do love Noel Gallagher. Noel, if you're listening. Yeah. <laughs> so should we say Goober's next or should we say yours next? We'll save Goobers till last. Okay, because it is quite special. Um, I have been in two music videos. 
have you? Yeah. So one was for a fairly local sort of heavy metal band called Annotations of an Autopsy. The other one you may have heard of. I was, what, 16, 17 at the time? Um, it was a little song called Traitors Never Play Hangman by Bring Me the Horizon. Oh, my god! And you can pause it at a certain moment and see me in the crowd. No. Yeah. Okay. So we need to try and get a screenshot of that. Absolutely. I mean, I look very different, obviously, because it was like half my life ago. Yeah, but, but you still look like you. Oh, God. The thing, I think I'm wearing a drop dead, because that was Ollie Sykes' clothing label. I think it's still going. It was this pink T-shirt with a rib cage on and a heart. And then I think I had a giant bow on my hair because, you know, it was the time of being emo and seen. Yeah. And, yeah. To the max, baby. I love that guy. I didn't know that. I thought I told you. Well, you, you possibly, I possibly forgot. To but... be fair, the, the annotations of an autopsy one, you you can, I, I yeah, I'm in it a bit. So um, can, I, you, can you still see, watch it? Oh, God, yeah. It's on YouTube or something? Yeah, I'll, I'll, I'll yeah. Let's see, I've got to show it's you. It's very party behaviour. There's a mankini involved as well. Oh, my God. Yeah. It was fun. It was great fun. It was just filmed at a place and the police came around, like someone's house or That's flat or something. Awesome. Yeah. I was always in trouble with the paper when I was younger. So we've got a, a fantastic random fact from Goobs, but obviously he's not going to say it. Yeah, he's, he's like the stick. He's an enigma. You'll never know yeah. who he is, what he sounds like. <laughs> but we're going to share it for him. So his random fact is that he chopped his finger off when he was 11 years old in a door and he was waiting to go into um, Year 7 French. It was a Monday. This is very specific information. I like well this. Remembered. Well remembered. Well, traumatic. Yeah, trauma. 10.30am. It was harrowing, he says. Uh, he ended up failing his GCSE French <laughs> because of this traumatic fact. <laughs> and also, he was nicknamed Stumpy for a, a, a good few years after this. So I can add to this because I know the story well. I didn't know Gilbert then. Um, but so someone found the, the, the bit of finger that got chopped Ew! <laughs> and obviously you're supposed to keep it chilled, aren't you? Well, they put it on ice, but it got frozen and <gasps> it's not supposed to freeze. <laughs> so when they tried to attach it back, it just wouldn't take, so it just fell off <laughs> again. Oh, my and God. Now, he looks like he has a toe for a little finger, so I called him Toe Finger. <laughs> Can you show me? Because I've never noticed this before. Oh, my God. How have I not noticed that? <laughs> Goobs. Right, for the listeners out there, are we allowed to post a fi- uh, photo of your Toe Finger? Yeah, right, we'll do oh, that. Oh, you lucky buggers. <laughs> well, that is a very good random fact. Yeah. And like you say, you, you wouldn't notice because it's not, it's not like it's down to the knuckle or anything. But No. Yeah. Well, I didn't notice for ages. No, it's not the kind of thing you no, you, know, you take. Oh, by the way, I chopped my finger off. Yeah, scrutinising people's phalanges. Oh, um, oh, he's just added as well that you could see the bone. So oh, it wasn't down to the knuckle, but you could no. see the bone protruding. It was like degloving. Oh God, that's horrific! Yeah. I am not good with stuff like degloving's that. Degloving's a term I know well. <laughs> Do you know what? I know that mm. from some horror films. Yeah, that's the only reason I know what that means, and that is just. That is just really horrific. You're proud of your little finger, aren't you, mate? Oh, bless him. So it, do, it does look like a toe. Three random facts, all very different. Also, 
If there's anything specifically want you want to know, except for bank details and address details, then yeah, send them through too. Yeah, so we've got an email, haven't we, which is carsofthemacabre at gmail.com. Or you can comment or message us on Instagram at carsofthemacabre. And we are looking for macabre car listener tales. We've got three at the minute. And they're all really good. Yeah, so it would be nice if we could just put together an episode that is just based on listener tales. Definitely. So, yeah, if you've got any, then please send them to us. Yeah. Also, your opinions on today's episode, uh, where you stand with euthanasia and assisted suicide. I did actually forget to mention, because for some reason I put it at the end of my notes, that there's actually, there was a television film made um, in 2010 and uh, it starred Al Pacino as Dr Kevorkian and it's called You Don't Know Jack. And Al Pacino was uh, is a, was, is, um, stands for everything that Jack sort of Fabulous. Has, has worked for and, and fought for. Absolutely. Um, well, give that a, a watch and yeah, um, I'll give it a watch and I think yeah. I'm going to make Goober watch it too. I think yep. he's interested, actually. Yeah, you don't know Jack, starring Al Pacino as yeah. Dr Kevorkian, so... So a last little bit of business. Uh, we are going to be taking a Christmas break. Um, so this will be our last episode for... Well, up until the new year, where we will release, you know, start to release new episodes again. But you'll have forewarning, plenty of warning on social media. And in the meantime, if you haven't listened to all our episodes, go back and listen to them. Yeah, and if you have, listen to them again. Do it. Yeah, share the love. Always make sure you download yes. because that's what it measures. <laughs> I, see, I never knew that. Yeah. I thought if you listened to it, it measured it. But so I've made sure now when I listen songs. Other podcasts, I always download stuff yeah, I like. Absolutely. I, I mean, I never used to, but now I do. Yeah. I did, Being well, I on did, the other side. I didn't know. Yeah. But as well as downloading, make sure you um, like, subscribe, uh, share the love, tell your friends, tell your mum, tell your aunt, tell your cat. Tell your dog. Yeah. Tell your fish. Exactly. And so, as always, today's episode was brought to you by Park Lane Studios. Toe finger. Toe finger goober. Uh, and we're very, very grateful. And we've had such a great time so far, and we can't wait to come back. It will literally be like a week or so that we're having <laughs> as a break. But um, thank you so much for all the love and support that we've received so far. Um, we do have some uh, very loyal followers, so our hearts go out to you. Thank you, um, and to everyone who's just tuning in, just. Yeah, let us know what you think. Yeah, and we've got loads more really exciting episodes coming. Absolutely. New Year's going to be a new load of fun. So much spookiness. So much room for activities. Exactly. And on that note, stay spooky, bitches. bitches.